0: Good morning everybody, my name is Glenn, I'm one of the pastors on on staff here at Parkview and it's a a real pleasure to be part of this series that we're in called 10, which we're studying the Ten Commandments. This morning we're going to look at the fifth commandment, it's found in uh, Exodus chapter 20 verse 12. If you're going to use the Bible in the chair rack in front of you, that's on page 76. The command is this, to honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land, the Lord your God. Is giving you. The fifth command that we're going to look at today is unique in a few ways. First of all, it's one of the only two that are cast in a positive note instead of a thou shalt not. This is one of the ones that is thou shalt. Ray looked at um, the first one last week, remember the Sabbath, and then of course this one to honor your father and mother. It's also somewhat unique in that it marks a turning point among the Ten Commandments. The first four commands generally uh, have to do with our relationship to God. This command now turns a corner because this and the ones that follow it have to do generally with our relationship with each other. And finally, this command is unique in that it's the only command with an explicit promise attached to it. And we'll look at that a little bit later on. First, let me just say that uh, when I was younger, I used to think that once you move out of the house, um, you can just check this command off, you scratch it out and you got like nine now that you have to worry about obeying. Um, But that's not the case. Um, Raise your hand if you have a mother or a father. Should be everybody. It's good. That's who this command is for. It's for all of us. We all have a mom. We all have a dad. Um, They might not be around anymore, but we have them, right? So this command has to do with us honoring our father and our mother. So what I want to do is just answer the question, first of all, the most basic one is, what in the world does it mean to honor? The Hebrew word means to make heavy or weighty. The implication being, when we honor our parents, we recognize the weighty or substantial role that they play in our lives. When we honor our parents, it means that we prize them, we care, we show affection for them, we respect them, we obey them, we heed their advice. So what I want to do now is spend the bulk of our time um, looking at why God would tell his people to honor their father and mother. And then we'll just close by just have three practical suggestions on how we could honor our mother and father this week. Um, so before we jump in, let's let's pray together. God, I, I'm grateful um, and, and humbled by an opportunity to stand before your people um, with your word and to break it together. Um, and so, Lord, I pray that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear. God, I pray that our hearts would be um, a soil that is, uh, you know, uh, just good ground for your word to take root in, to bear much fruit for your glory. Lord, change us as a result of being here this morning. Pray this in the name of Christ. Amen. Why would God tell his people to honor their father and mother? First reason is quite simple it's the right thing to do the apostle paul writes in ephesians chapter 6 verse 1 children obey your parents in the lord for this is right the bible is clear that when we obey god we're honoring him The same can be said for parents. When we obey them, we honor them. Now, when kids still live at home and and they live under their parents' authority, when they obey their parents, that's exactly what they're doing. They're honoring their mom and dad. It's a no-brainer because Paul tells us it's the right thing to do. Paul also says to the church in Colossae in in, uh, chapter 3, verse 20, Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Now, having worked with uh, students for over half of my life, uh, I've lost count of how many times I've talked with a, a, a teenager who just says, in a sense, I wish I knew what God's will for my life was. I wish I could hear him speak to me. I wish I knew how I could live in such a way that would please him. And frankly, I don't think that's just a teenage desire, right? I believe that that even as adults, even when we grow older, we still sometimes question exactly what it is that God would have of us. Paul lays it out pretty clear for us right here. Honoring our parents pleases the Lord. It pleases him. Paul said in, in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 10, he tells the, the church in Ephesus to find out what pleases the Lord. Well, here you go. It's really easy. Honoring our father and mother is pleasing to God. It's the right thing to do. But unfortunately, it's not something that our culture necessarily champions a whole lot. Our culture tends to celebrate the destruction of, uh, of healthy families. Um, I just have a, a short little clip of just just a snippet of some some shows that are out nowadays that kind of champions not healthy families but more dysfunction. Let's watch this together. I mean, frankly, some of those are just funny, right? But they'd be even more funny if it weren't sad, you know, if it weren't, the, if it weren't for the fact that um, healthy families are super important in God's economy. It's one of the reasons that he tells us to honor our father and mother. Um, not only is it the right thing to do, but, but secondly, it's the family is the basic social unit in our world. The honor of our parents is really, in part, a social issue. The fabric of society is made up of the nuclear family. And when the nuclear family breaks down, the fabric of society begins to unravel. Society is in a lot of trouble when the basic family breaks down. It's one of the reasons that I believe the enemy is, uh, is set to destroy it. Because when the, the family breaks down, we have an increase in divorce rate. We have an increase in crime rate. We have an increase in unwed pregnancies, et cetera, et cetera. It's one of the reasons, again, I believe that God tells us to honor our father and mother. Third reason is because the family is not just the basic uh, social unit, but it's also the basic spiritual unit. It's through the family, first and foremost, that God intends for spiritual formation and maturity to happen in our lives. So kids are to honor their mother and father because parents are the basic mode of discipleship for kids. It's how God designed it. He designed the home to be the place where kids are brought up to know him, to love him, to follow him, largely because of the influence and intentionality of the parents. Now, it might seem weird for a youth worker to be touting this, but it's the truth. I'm, I'm not trying to like talk myself out of a job, but really... Um, it's it's up to parents to do the majority of the spiritual formation in the lives of kids. This is what God says in Deuteronomy chapter 6. He says, these commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them. When you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Discipleship it should be a natural byproduct of a healthy and functional home where parents are modeling and teaching their kids what it means to follow God and where kids grow up honoring their parents. Another reason I believe God tells his people to honor father and mother is because parenthood deserves to be honored, frankly. For those living in the home and under the authority of their mom and dad, to honor them means to respect their very, very weighty position as parents. In my opinion, parenting is the toughest job out there, hands down. I don't know of a tougher job. Parents never clock out. Parents are always on call. As long as they have kids, their job never ends. Now, obviously, parents' roles change as kids grow and mature, right? But they're still parents, There's no manual that comes with a child when the child is brought home from the hospital, right? If there were, that manual would only be good for that one child because the next child could be totally different and would, you know, you can't parent them both exactly the same and expect them to turn out exactly the same. It doesn't work that way. God has placed the physical, the emotional, the spiritual development of a child directly in the hands of the parents. And there always seems to be a demand for parental wisdom that just seems beyond our ability. Parenting is a weighty position indeed, and therefore should be honored. But we really can't talk about honoring mother and father without addressing the elephant in the room, so to speak. The fact is, there's a lot of us who have never had good role models in moms and dads. Some of our parents were abusive. Some were uninvolved or self-centered and in more and more cases in recent history, completely absent. More and more kids are growing up without one parent or the other due to either divorce or having a parent who just simply split never to be seen again. Now it's one thing for those of us who grew up in a relatively healthy home with good parents, to imagine what this command means for us, but it's something entirely different for those who either never knew one or both of their biological parents or who grew up in terrible situations. So how does this command apply to them? I mean, surely God doesn't expect someone to honor a parent who was abusive or absent. First of all, Scripture doesn't teach that we should always obey parents when their counsel is in direct violation of God's laws and clear teachings. In fact, in Ezekiel chapter 20, verses 18 through 19, God tells the children of a stubborn and rebellious generation not to follow the ways of their parents. This is what he says. I said to their children in the wilderness, don't follow the statutes of your parents or keep their laws or defile yourself with their idols. I am the Lord your God. Follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. So there are clearly times in which kids need to obey God rather than a parent in situations where a parent's instructions go against God's word. Honoring a parent doesn't mean willful subjection to abuse. The fifth commandment is about respecting the role and the authority of the position of parenting as much as it is about honoring the person of the parent. I might not uh, agree with everything that former President Bush said or did while he was in office. I might not agree with everything President Obama has said or done while he is in office right now. But if I were ever given the opportunity to meet the President of the United States, it would be shameful for me not to treat him with the utmost respect because of the office that he holds the same is true for parents good or bad we still need to honor the role that god has placed them in five why did god tell his followers to honor father and mother because children need parental guidance now when babies, infants become toddlers, and toddlers become, you know, grow into uh, grade school kids, and when they grow to become middle schoolers and then high schoolers, they need instruction. They need guidance. My wife Julie and I are amazed a lot of times when we're reminded of how much our kids still have yet to learn. I don't know if you've ever felt this way as a parent, but sometimes we fall into the trap of thinking like, well, because we know it, somehow, magically, they just are going to know it. But that's just not true. am not going to mention which one because I don't want to throw one of my kids under the bus. But one of them, one of the three, um, just a few months ago, i um, in the living room and, and just happened to notice they were sharpening their pencil. We have this little battery-operated pencil sharpener in our desk, um, and, you know, they pencil point side down, which was a good way to start, but then it just started spinning, and they just let it spin. And then they pulled it out, and was like, oh, and then they pushed it in there, and it just spun. And I'm like, you you know, like, if you hold the pencil, the blade goes around and sharpens it, and then you pull it out, and they're like, oh. Oh, cool. And I'm like, wow, really? <laughs> it was amazing. Like, but, but honestly, like, sharpening a pencil is a really dumb example think of all the, the ways that our kids need our instruction how how they deal with their peers how they deal with the opposite sex what it means to follow Christ how they should respond to their parents and their siblings and on and on and on kids need our instruction It's one of the reasons that God tells them to honor your father and mother. Listen to what Solomon said in in Proverbs chapter 1. He said, listen, my son, to your father's instruction, and don't forsake your mother's teaching. They're like a garland to grace your head and a chain to adorn your neck. Another reason is that aging parents need our help. To those living outside their parents' homes, out on their own, to honor Mother and father means, among other things, to care for them as they age. Now, obviously, today, we have some government um, safety nets, right? There's Social Security for now. I don't know how much longer we're going to have it, but right now we got it, right? Um, But that was not true in the historical context of the giving of these Ten Commandments. There were no government fallbacks. There was no Social Security. There was no Medicaid or Medicare, the care of the elderly who were no longer able to work and support themselves fell on the family. In this way, honoring father and mother by caring for them when they were old was a very practical way for children to relieve the financial pressure from a budding nation. In the New Testament, it was also an issue. So the Apostle Paul wrote, his young friend Timothy, a young pastor, and, and the instructions that Paul gave him specifically as it relates to this are, are, are interesting, I think. This is what he says in 1 Timothy chapter 5. Give proper recognition to those widows who are really in need. But if a widow has children or grandchildren, Listen to this. These should learn, first of all, to put their religion into practice by caring for their own family. And so repaying their parents and grandparents for this. Here we go again, is pleasing to God. And Jesus lambasted the religious leaders of his day because they dishonored their parents by hiding behind their lame religious traditions. This is what he said to the Pharisees at one point. He said, you have a fine way of setting aside the commands of God in order to observe your own traditions. Moses said, honor your father and mother, and anyone who curses their father or mother is to be put to death. But you say that if anyone declares that what might have been used to help their father or mother is dedicated or devoted to God, then you no longer let them do anything for their father and mother. Thus you nullify the word of God by your traditions that you have handed down. What Jesus was saying was this: if an aging mother or father uh, needed financial help in that day, the Pharisees would have the money to do it, but they, instead of helping them, would say, "Actually, ma, I know that you're you're struggling with rent this month, but like, you know, I I, I was going to help you with this. I have some money, but it's really devoted to God. So, sorry." Jesus is like, man, you got it all wrong. It's backwards with you. Honor them. Help them when they need it. It's another reason why I believe that God tells his followers, his people, to honor our father and mother. Another way is because our parents reflect, or honoring our parents, reflects our relationship with God. Pastor and author John MacArthur writes, God, who is himself a father, father of our Lord Jesus Christ and of all Christians through him, cares about families enormously. Family life with its built-in responsibilities for both parents and children is part of his purposes for all. And the way we behave as children and parents is a prime test of both our humanity and our godliness. When we honor our father and mother, we're first and foremost honoring and obeying God because he's the one who told us to do it. If we respect God, we'll respect our father and mother. If we love God, we'll love our father and our mother. If we want to honor God, we will honor our father and mother. How we treat our parents is a direct reflection on our relationship with God. 1 John 4 Verse 20 says this, Whoever claims to love God, yet hates a brother or sister, you could add, or a mother or father, is a liar. For whoever doesn't love their brother or sister whom they have seen, can't love God whom they haven't seen. I believe another reason that God tells us to honor our mother and father is because honoring our parents demonstrates a respect for authority in our own lives. We read this in 1 Peter chapter 2. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human authority, whether to the emperor as the supreme authority or to governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. Here we go again. It's God's will that by doing good, you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. One commentator writes, a lack of respect for parental authority will ultimately lead to anarchy in society generally. One of the purposes of this commandment was to engender respect for all rightful authority, whether that authority be in the church or in the state. As parents, we have to model what it means for our kids to respect authority. We can't just simply like, play the ace in the hole. You know? It, like, we just can't say to our kids, hey, you've got to honor me because the Bible says so. The Bible does say so, yes. But as parents, we need to be the kind of people that our kids want to honor that's that's the ideal when the apostle paul quotes the fifth command in the new testament to remind kids to honor their parents he immediately follows that up immediately with something to say to parents specifically to dads in ephesians 6 4 he says fathers don't exasperate your children instead bring them up bring them up in the training and instruction of the lord and in Colossians three, he said, "Don't embitter your children or they'll become discouraged. Basically, what he's saying is, don't provoke your kids, don't irritate or aggravate them. Do our kids parents hear us badmouthing those in authority over us at work? Do our kids at home hear us badmouthing the cop who pulled us over and gave us a ticket because we were speeding? Do they hear us at home bad-mouthing our political leaders whenever we get a chance? Paul told Titus to remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good, and to slander no one. Do we model what it means to honor those who are in authority in our home? The final reason I have for why I believe that God tells his people to honor father and mother is because honor is reciprocal. And this is where the explicit promise comes into play. One commentator says, Only as the sequence of generations lives by this commandment can each father or mother count on the promise. The son or daughter who honors becomes the father or mother who is honored, thus ensuring long life in the land the Lord God gave Israel. The promise, of course, is, children, uh, Obey your father and mother, and you will enjoy long life in the land the Lord your God has given you. That's the explicit promise. There's a sense in which that promise is literal. And here's why. Rebellious kids, in the time that these commandments were given, would not enjoy long life because literally they could be punished by death for their disobedience and rebellion. Listen to what God says in Deuteronomy 21. This is pretty sobering stuff. If someone has a stubborn and rebellious son who doesn't obey his father and mother and won't listen to them when they discipline him, his father and mother shall take hold of him and bring him to the elders at the gate of his town. They they shall say to the elders, this son of ours is stubborn and rebellious. He won't obey us. He's a glutton and a drunkard. Then all the men of his town are to stone him to death you must purge the evil from among you. All Israel will hear of it and be afraid. I read that and I think, man, my kids get mad when I take their cell phone away for something that they did. But can you imagine the respect that would be, you know, given parents in that day and age when when they heard that God say this to his people? Man, you talk about like a holy fear. I think that would, Just that in and of itself would make parents' job a little bit easier, you know? Having said that, I feel like I need to say this parenthetically because after the first service, a mom came up to me who has a child who has been wayward. And this parent is crushed because this parent has been doing everything she knows how to do to bring this child up in the way of God. And I know... I know for a fact she's not alone. I know there's parents in this room who have a son or a daughter who has just gone off the deep end. And you're at your wit's end. Yeah, you haven't been perfect, but none of us are as parents. But you've been praying. You've been pleading with God. You've been talking with people. You've been reading God's word. You've been standing on his promises. And you're hopeful, but you're losing that hope. I just want to tell you that there is hope. That God's arm is not too short. That he hears your cries. He loves your son and your daughter even more than you do. And he is able to rescue them. His timing is not ours all the time. However, I just want to encourage you to hang on to continue to trust, to continue to pray, to continue to believe. As we talk about the promise that God attached to this command, we just saw that in one way it's almost a literal, you know, fulfillment. But in another way, in the way uh, uh, that it's reciprocal, this promise also has fulfillment. The Brothers Grimm have a fairy tale that goes like this. Once upon a time, there was a little old man. His eyes blinked and his hands trembled. When he ate, he clattered the silverware distressingly. He missed his mouth with the spoon as often as not and dribbled a bit of his food on the tablecloth. Now he lived with his married son, having nowhere else to live, and his son's wife was a modern woman who knew that in-laws should not be tolerated in a woman's home. "'I can't have this,' she said." It interferes with the woman's right to happiness. So she and her husband took the little old man gently but firmly by the arm and led him to the corner of the kitchen. There they set him on a stool and gave him his food in an earthenware bowl. From then on, he always ate in the corner, blinking at the table with wistful eyes. One day his hands trembled rather more than usual and the earthenware bowl fell and broke. If you're a pig, said the daughter-in-law, you must eat out of a trough. So they made him a little wooden trough, and he got his meals in that. These people had a four-year-old son, of whom they were very fond. One supper time, the young man noticed his boy playing intently with some bits of wood and asked what he was doing. I'm making a trough, he said, smiling upward for approval, to feed you and Mama out of when I get big. The man and his wife looked at each other for a while and didn't say anything. Then they cried a little. Then they went back to the corner, took the little old man by the arm, and led him back to the table. They sat him in a comfortable chair and gave him his food on a plate. And from then on, nobody ever scolded when he clattered or spilled or broke things. Commentator R. Allen Cole writes this. Those who build a society in which old age has an honored place, may with confidence expect to enjoy that place themselves one day. I love that quote. Those who build a society in which old age has an honored place may with confidence expect to enjoy that place themselves one day. How? How can we honor our father and mother? Even this week, I have three suggestions Number one, pray. Pray for your parents. Paul tells Timothy, I urge you first of all that prayers, petitions, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings, and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. Pray. Ask God to give our parents wisdom, well-being, guidance, to bless them. Secondly, we can thank them for all that they've done. Maybe it's a phone call to a parent who lives far away. Maybe it's a note. Maybe it's an unannounced visit. Whatever form you may choose, this week, take the time to thank a parent for all the sacrifices they've made, for all that they've done in providing for you. And Finally, protect them. And here's what I mean by that. I mean protect the honor due them as a parent. And I think this probably would apply more to younger people still in the home. I think of teens who find themselves in the, in the midst of their, um, you know, their peers when their peers are dissing their own parents. And teens can easily fall into the uh, temptation of trying to sound cool by dissing their own parents, by joining in. Don't do that. That's not cool. That's not honoring to God. It's not the right thing to do. The right thing to do would be to stand up and protect parents by saying something that honors them. This week, what words can we use that would honor our parents? Let's pray together. Father, I'm grateful for your word and I'm grateful for all that we can learn from it. I'm grateful for our parents. And so, Lord, would you, Help us to apply your word, even this week. God, I don't know um, the relationships of each person in this room with their parents. But Father, even for those who have had terrible, terrible experiences, I pray that you would give them the grace to choose to honor, at the very least, the role of mother and father. So God, thank you for being a perfect father to us. As we honor you, we choose to honor our parents. And it's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen.